I'm Tom Schultz, host of Voices of Montana. Thanks for joining us for the podcast today, brought to you by Blackfoot Communications. Does your home qualify for a $70 discount on your internet bill? Blackfoot Communications is proud to partner with the FCC to help ensure that households can afford the broadband necessary for work, school, healthcare, and more. For more information on this federal program and to see if your household qualifies for a discount on your internet service, visit goblackfoot.com ACP. Connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. A bit later on, this guy's a superhero too, uh, Matt Kuntz. He's got a story to tell too, but he's the executive director of Montana's um, National Alliance on Mental Illness. There's there's some bills. I want to get their legislative agenda uh, agenda when it comes to to mental health wellness in, in the state. And there's a there's a bill they're talking about in regards to uh, telehealth and and compensation, fair compensation for telehealth. So that'll be a bit later on. Let's welcome our first guest here and. Um, and, and Amy Rue, executive director of the Montana Meth Project. I'm so, so happy to have you here. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you launched this Paint the State program. I want to learn all about it. But first, uh, my hat's off to you. I've been a part of the Montana Meth Project for such a long time. And um, that's probably, um, you know, it's, it's a life's work for some people, but it's not. I mean, it's got to be a passion for you because that's got to be tough at times, too. Oh, it absolutely is. Thank you for having us today and for bringing to light um, more conversations about methamphetamine in our state. Um, you had kind of mentioned in the intro about how the meth landscape is continuing to evolve. Um, it obviously continues to plague our communities. And um, while the meth project has been solely focused on reducing first-time teen meth use, I think we've been... Um, tremendously successful at that, which is now 77% lower than it was 18 years ago when we first launched. Um, You know, you continue to hear about adult usage that is soaring and obviously costing children and families significant loss um, all over our Montana communities. I want to talk about the paint the state program here too, but since we're since we're on this, seventy seven percent reduction in first time teen meth use uh, since the founding. I think that's very very significant. Uh, the the campaign, I remember it. I mean, it it has always left an impression on me. Um, and and going back over some of those videos again today, just in preparation for this, um, that work is is vital. Um, before we get into the paint the state thing, and this is kind of exciting too. Talk about uh, the Montana Meth Project. I know it's been privately funded, and I'm very thankful for that. But since its inception, um, it has been it has been provocative. Uh, but it, it has it has forced people, I think, to to discuss this at least to feel something about this problem. Yes, and you know we were founded in 2005 by businessman and philanthropist Tom Siebel. Yeah. So since our founding, um, our organization has really solely been dedicated to reducing, again, first-time meth use in our state. And really, we remain the only organization solely dedicated to meth prevention. Um, While we look at all these other problems um, that come downstream as a result of uh, drug use, Putting $1 up front in prevention can often save $7 in the ancillary costs of treating, you know, the after effects of addiction. Um, so this is really a smart way 
to combat the problem right up front. But, um, you know, then layer on top of this, the pandemic, the personal struggles combined with um, an overwhelming supply now with the cartels. This is now the highest purity and the lowest cost um, of meth that we have seen in that 17-year period since our inception. Wow. So this really leads to a surge in meth and other drug use, overdoses, deaths, suicides that you mentioned. Um, And sadly, drug overdose deaths are at the highest number ever recorded in our state. The upfront prevention is, uh, I think people are beginning to, communities and and, and more and more are beginning to understand how that, you know, we, we think about it in, in new ways. I think every every year something will come up and, and force us to think about where actually uh, the prevention methods um, are best and where the money's best spent. Um, the Montana Meth Project has, has has gotten to this this one single message. And year after year, and you stay with that, Amy. Amy Rue with us, executive director of the Montana Meth Project. Been uh, there since 2009, directs the Meth Project's community outreach. There's public education, fundraising initiatives as well. I mentioned you're privately uh, funded, but uh, I I know um, donors have a a big impact on that as well, even the small donations. Um, The the Meth Project itself, I kind of want to go back into this Original message, not even once. Amy, why do you stay with that? Do you think that's effective? Um, I, I like it. And, and how has that evolved? Well, we really do like it. That is the mantra and the, the trademark of the meth project. Mm-hmm. It's not even once. It's very, um, it's very easy for teens and young adults to, you know, in, internalize that message and know that this isn't something you're going to dabble with. We are trying to, in all of our advertising campaigns, remind teens that um, the very first use can be the most problematic. And I think um, if you can look at some of the materials, both on methproject.org, which is um, a highly illustrated and animated website we have that has um, over 350 pieces of interactive content, there are different ways that young adults and even adults tend to learn. So we have interviews with experts and we have quizzes that you can take. We have personal stories that have been told to us and then animated by graphic artists to give you that visual element that brings these images to life to people. Um, And again, as it leads into Paint the State, we have just reinforced that not even once message in all of the highly produced uh, campaigns that we've been known for. And then over the years, we have shifted to our Ask Me campaign, which was a campaign we launched in 2017, which really brought the mess project and the messaging um, to a more personal level. So we spent those years interviewing real Montanans who had suffered with addiction, and we have them tell their story in their own words. None of that is scripted, and they share with the audience what they've done to themselves, what they've done to their families, what they've done while they've been incarcerated, and how that affects not only themselves, but, you know, those outward ripples and into the community. Wow. That must have been an emotional ride for everybody involved uh, to 
to do this Ask Me campaign. And I've talked about those billboards. And on, on the air, I have said, okay, you know, I'm going to ask you. And, and then um, so hopefully, um, you know, we'll, we'll follow up with that. But that must have been a very emotional ride, that, that campaign in particular. It is. And we've had a, um, a psychological, uh, psychiatric nurse, excuse me, um, that attends those interviews with us and that um, kind of directs the conversations. We meet these people um, through our partnerships with statewide drug courts and people that are in pre-release, people that are in the Department of Corrections, um, that are doing recovery programs through Narcotics Anonymous. Um, So we have just a wide range of people that want to share their story of recovery with us um, as as a way of getting themselves well and of really owning their part in what damage they've caused their families and communities. Yeah, and there, there's there's victory in that, though. So much victory in that. That's got to give people a lot of hope. I want to I want to ask you, Amy. Um, uh, you know, we it started like you said uh, the project 2005, really aimed at teens. Um, you've talked about how how meth itself, the the type of drug that it is, has morphed, um, higher purity, lower cost. Um, also, the problem has morphed. Uh, I, I think, uh, you know, it's a, uh, well, a very, very serious um, adult problem, too. Um, uh, talk about that dichotomy or talk about the uh, the difference between addressing teens or addressing adults. Um, and, and maybe now it becomes more folded into the same message. Well, and it's interesting. The last Paint the State contests were not open to anyone over the age of 18, But the reality is, um, while we still maintain this laser focus on teens that are, you know, 13 to to 18 and still try to bring our meth prevention lesson and our educational materials to schools, these are free resources that are used not only in Montana, but all over the country. We are the only meth prevention curriculum that is recognized by the National Red Ribbon Campaign. Um, so we've really tried to make sure that these, uh, materials are available to anyone, whether you're in a classroom or you're in a whole homeschool or independent learning situation, but the adults, it's interesting, um, as we see more and more adults that are putting their kids at risk and, um, we see, um, child endangerment cases on the rise. We just felt that it would behoove us to allow older people, um, again, over the age of 19, to participate in this next competition. There's also an element to our website that has just been restored, and it's called our Speak Up section. And the Speak Up section allows people anywhere, anywhere in the world for that matter, But we wanted to focus on Montana, of course. This is a Montana competition. And we wanted to allow people that were incarcerated or in treatment or recovery programs to also be able to share the spoken word and, again, submit their personal testimonials and accounts of what they've done to themselves, to their families, and share that with us online so that they can participate from wherever they are. Yeah, I want to uh, take a break and, and come on back and, and talk more about this Paint the State program. As you mentioned, um, re, uh, reinitiated here and now uh, adults. I still see some of these monuments around. We'll talk more uh, uh, 
about how this is an educational tool to prevent just this terrible meth use in Montana. Amy Rue, Executive Director of the Montana Meth Project, with us here today on Voices of Montana. Does your home qualify for a $70 discount on your internet bill? Blackfoot Communications is proud to partner with the FCC to help ensure that households can afford the broadband necessary for work, school, healthcare, and more. For more information on this federal program and to see if your household qualifies for a discount on your internet service, visit goblackfoot.com ACP. Connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. News from the state Senate about a bill to strip language uh, struck down as a unconstitutional from Montana's code. This relates to Senate Bill 1, uh, pardon me, 31. Um, we'll have more on that with Brian Bennett, headline news. It's upcoming here. Tom Schultz back alongside Matt Kuntz from NAMI will join us. That's the National Association or National Alliance, I should say, of Mental Health Montana. Uh, they're in the Capitol. They've got some things uh, that they want to get the word out. Right now, talking with Amy Rue, Executive Director of the Montana Meth Project, uh, as they have launched a, a, a new campaign called Paint the State. Not really a, a new campaign. It's something that they have done uh, from, uh, oh, what, what were those years, Amy? Thanks again for being here. I appreciate that. Because uh, I still see some of those, those you, you call them monuments, and they're just they're just artwork from regular folk. Um, and this is what I've re- appreciated about this too is that um, they're not all like Rembrandt artists. The folks who are getting involved here are going, let's make a message uh, and let's spread some paint around and have some fun. Well, it's interesting. Um, you know the whole the whole premise. Um, behind the Montana Meth Project was to really stir and incite peer-to-peer conversations. We did not want to be the authority, the adults, you know, shaking our finger at um, young people telling them what to do. We wanted to somehow excite them to share the risks with each other about meth use because they relate to each other, and that is a more authentic conversation than anything you and I could say to a young person. So Paint the State was really Tom Siebel's phenomenal idea to allow teens to see this messaging for the first time, to internalize the the message behind the Not Even Once content that appeared in all of those commercials that you've cited, and then spit out something that was uniquely theirs and spoke to their friends. So there are all kinds of experiences happening when people go out and paint a barn or a silo. Mm -hmm. They're talking to their suppliers when they're buying their paint. They're meeting with their friends, and they're talking to the farmer who's letting them use their property on a public highway to change um, the side of his barn and convert it to something that's meaningful to teens. So... While all these conversations are happening, even during the production of a piece of original artwork like this, you know, we have no control and no say over what these young people have produced. And it's really like capturing lightning in a bottle. These are um, incredibly talented young people that spit out their own interpretation um, again, sharing that risk with each other um, that is received in a way um, we can't we can't produce an ad that that garners these results. And these last forever or for a very long time, as you know. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then these are um, it's a public art contest is what this is for youth and adults. And you've you've got uh, different divisions. There's actual prize money involved. So, um, I mean, th- that's good, too. That's a, an attractive uh, aspect of this as well. Um, and, and then you're asking Montanans to create uh, a monument size, original public um, work of art. Again, monument size can, is, is in the eye of the beholder, so, so to speak. Um, but to incorporate that not even once uh, message. So um, there's like, there's going to be, how does this contest work? Um, we have deadlines and then, right. yeah. So just, I do need to say that we invited um, schools and educators early with the help of the Office of Public Instruction and Superintendent Arnton, we reached out to educators this past fall. We introduced the program quietly at their two-day conference in October, and we have been so grateful for their enthusiastic response in signing up student teams. We felt that with a little advance notice, more than we've given them in the past, this can become something that is teacher-led and would involve more students than just the individual artists. So we're hoping that teams are coming together. So we've um, actually pre-registered several hundred teacher-led Montana teams. Um, and now, of course, as of yesterday, with, Meth- uh, with paintthestate.org being public, now we are looking for not only additional team-serving organizations to come forward and other groups and families to do this contest, but looking for those individual artists and even adult artists to come forward. This um, uh, deadline, I think, is in – it goes through the summer, doesn't it? Right. So the deadline to have your piece in place is June 30th. And we will do public voting during the month of July, and we will award the winners in late summer of 2023. We intend to do that in August of this year. So they'll be re- what's different about Paint the State this time. If you think about a decade ago when when this was last executed, the social media has absolutely exploded for these teens, young adults for all of us, for that matter. So now we have an element of a People's Choice Award. Once people load their final work up to paintthestate.org website, they will be given an alphanumeric identifier. And as other people in their family and their community share this piece of work, No longer will you have to go to some remote location in Montana down in Darby to see this barn or silo that some young person has painted. But by posting that on social media, this will have almost a spider web effect, not only across Montana, but worldwide as these images are shared and commented on and pushed and promoted. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to be an artist to help your school or your community win the popular vote. Um, Anyone with a social network can promote and push these these images. I think that's really cool, although um, I am going to say I like driving down, and I probably will because I'm not a social media nut, uh, but I will still drive down an unknown highway somewhere and see this not even once message um, and just – 
I feel so prideful about that just because there's enough, there's Montanans out there who care to do this sort of thing. And, and, uh, and they're generally pretty cool uh, as well. So very interesting. Um, I got to come on back after a short break, Amy. And um, uh, I, I know that this will be an ongoing campaign and, and the issue um, is ongoing too, as uh, we're, we're fighting uh, a, a drug that just keeps getting, like you said, uh, better and better, so to speak, or, or stronger and stronger, worse and worse. Let me put it that way. Um, and uh, the cost is even lower too. Back with more. Does your home qualify for a $70 discount on your internet bill? Blackfoot Communications is proud to partner with the FCC to help ensure that households can afford the broadband necessary for work, school, healthcare, and more. For more information on this federal program and to see if your household qualifies for a discount on your internet service, visit goblackfoot.com slash ACP. Connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. Matt Kuntz, NAMI's Executive Director, National Alliance of Mental Illness for Montana, will be on in just a little bit talking about um, a bill, a telehealth bill and mental health to continue. That's on on, um, on the Montana legislative um, uh, floor right now, legislature's floor. Back with Amy Rue, Executive Director of the Montana Meth Project. And I just want to play this, Amy. I know I don't have a ton of time. Maybe I shouldn't take, a, take the time, but um, I would just encourage folks, again, to go back to those websites and play some of... Uh, of those messages uh, because it, they still stay with you. Methproject.org is, is a great resource site, montanameth.org. Uh, then you've got the paintthestate.org organization as well. Um, I, I, I do have to ask, uh, you know, what's the current meth landscape in Montana? There's some notes here about um, uh, how, how dangerous it is and actually how on the increase uh, meth crime is since 2014. Yes, unfortunately, um, there's there's obviously been a huge increase in the number of overdose deaths um, that continue to grow in Montana. In 2021, overdose deaths were 13% higher than in 2020, um, and that's a number that has been increasing year over year, even before the pandemic. While the Meth Project's sole focus is clearly on reducing first-time meth use in Montana, there has obviously been much attention that has been paid to the dangers of illicit fentanyl in Montana, and rightly so. It is a new emerging drug threat. However, the comment from our attorney general and is reinforced by our governor is that meth is king. That is the number one drug that is requested by Montanans. So alarmingly, while we see this increase of fentanyl, um, we're seeing it mixed into methamphetamine, meaning those who use meth are at an ever more increased risk for fentanyl exposure themselves. That would be the drug that you would lace if you are a cartel member and trying to um, get fentanyl into our population. So I think um, people just have to be super careful. This whole not even once, this is the perfect time to relaunch Paint the State to show that our teens um, want to give an alternative to a drug-free life and show what it looks to live free of addiction and have these vibrant interpretations um, of the not even once campaign um, here in Montana. And, and these, these artwork, um, these installations, I should say, 
will last the test of time. And we're excited to see them pop up all over our, our state and throughout our communities. And um, I would be remiss if I didn't say we have only had this possibility of relaunching Paint the State um, without the help of the Siebel Foundation. Stockman Bank has been a critical key partner for us. Town Pump and the Gilhausen Family Foundation have been some of the lead gifts that make Paint the State possible. And uh, we just remain grateful for all Montanans that support the meth project. Again, we are privately funded and we are grateful for gifts at any level. And I'm grateful for, for the work that you guys do. It's, um, I, I, it can be tough at times, um, but, and, and uh, you get out there, you're out of the box. It's provocative, but it's very, very important. I, I appreciate that. We're going to um, uh, come on back at some other time, Amy, and, and chat more about this. Okay. We would love to. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much. Uh, Montana Meth Project for more information. Back with more here in just a bit on Voices. Voices of Montana continues right after this. Does your home qualify for a $70 discount on your internet bill? Blackfoot Communications is proud to partner with the FCC to help ensure that households can afford the broadband necessary for work, school, healthcare, and more. For more information on this federal program and to see if your household qualifies for a discount on your internet service, visit goblackfoot.com ACP. Connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. Welcome back. I appreciate you being here. I'm going to take a quick phone call, though, as Arnold is listening in Great Falls and heard the conversation regarding um, our problem with illicit drug use uh, in the in the state of Montana. Matt Kuntz should be joining us in just a little bit. He may be tied up there uh, in the state capitol. They're talking about, and Matt Kuntz is uh, the executive director of the National Alliance on Mental Illness uh, for Montana. So that's NAMI. And, uh, I mean, uh, you, you know his story, Um Bachelor's degree from West Point, law degree from Oregon, served uh, in the infantry, um, in the Army, and with a, a distinguished member of the 35th Regiment for his service. Um, and then we'll talk more about it, too, but this is part of his his backstory. Practiced uh, corporate law in Helena for a while, and then his stepbrother, who was a National Guardsman, um, suffered from post-traumatic stress uh, disorder, and um, and then took his own life. And Matt, for sure, um, saw that as a flashpoint for him. Anyway, let's take a quick call from Harold. Uh, you got in a little late on that conversation uh, with um, uh, with Amy Rue. But, Harold, uh, thanks for listening. You're in Great Falls, KQDI. Love that place. Love that town. Um, comment from you, sir. Yeah, uh, I'm a firm believer that there will be no change in any criminal activity until there's sufficient punishment to deter the crime. So, why isn't there the death penalty for the first-time conviction of drug dealers, smugglers, etc.? What's been going on in this country and in Montana is a joke as far as deterring drug trafficking. Have a good day. Thank you. Yeah, uh, I appreciate that. And I think that's a, that's a fair conversation point. Um, death penalty for first-time drug dealers. If you can really square out um, the, you know, who's responsible here. Because the cartels have have gotten really deep into society, um, and that's that's part of the issue that we're we're facing. Uh, yes, deterrence. I think we have lost that. I think we've lost to our our sense of uh, um, law and order. 
in the society and, and uh, in, in some ways, but uh, this is one of them. We'll talk about that kind of down the road, okay? Uh, I want to get to Matt, though. Uh, Matt Kuntz, as I mentioned, he's the executive director for the National Alliance on Mental Illness, a measure that they're talking about. want to get uh, to what else is on the legislative agenda, but it'd be, uh, this is Senate Bill 196, and it requires uh, payment parity in insurance coverage of telehealth services. Matt, uh, thanks again for being here. I appreciate that. I was just drag, uh, bragging about you uh, and telling a bit more of your story. Thank you for your service, and thank you for you know uh, picking up the mantle here when it comes to mental mental health. Uh, talk to me. What's going on? Uh, th- thank you so much, Tom. And, and I did hear hear part of that as I was calling in, and you're you're so kind. <laughs> it r- really means a lot. Um, and yeah, we you know we we've been hitting things. Pretty hard in the last few few months. We had some really nice veterans' mental health wins in the federal omnibus in December that we had been working on for a few years, and then moving right into the legislative session where it's got like a broader focus of you know trying to improve Montana's mental health care system for er- everyone. You know, and uh, this is a key part of it. It's a uh, Bill by Senator Walt Sales, a Republican from Gallatin County, uh, to make it so insurance companies will pay the same rate for telehealth ser- services that they do for in person. How how big a discrepancy is that? Um, I guess big enough for for it to make a, a, a difference in our Montana, you know rural communities. Yeah, so that was something that they changed during COVID. And all those kind of discrepancies went away when we went really deep into telehealth. And NAMI Montana, a bunch of other people were pushing for that right away. You know, like, hey, let's keep people out of the doctor's office if they don't need to be there. You know, and um, so they brought it up to parity. And boy, the healthcare access just really exploded around the state. It's amazing to me that, you know, anyone in Montana with an internet connection and with like Medicaid or insurance can access a psychiatrist now. And that was just, just not realistic whatsoever before telehealth started. And, you know, I think, um, What's your sense on how effective telehealth care can be? Because it did explode. Uh, I know that the industry had been moving in that direction, and, and it makes sense when it comes to, to mental health to open up these kind of avenues. Have they? Has the industry looked at the level of, of care through telehealth, and have, do they have ideas on how to make it better? Yeah, you know, I think that they, there has been studies that have shown it to be as effective, I think that where it does kind of balance out is people are very likely to miss in-person appointments. And if you're able to make more of the medical appointments that you have by just getting on the screen and doing it, you're going to have better results just because it's easy access. Yeah. Uh, I, I know it's uh, and and then from that we recognize. I guess that's one of the things that we we can take out of the pandemic that has moved us in in a direction that we feel 
uh, you know, I guess good about is is more telehealth services and, and trying to do it right. I think this is what um, uh, I, um, I think a lot of the industry are looking at now as they, they have this ramp, this on-ramp to better telehealth. Um, just to, your thoughts, Matt, uh, again, on uh, from that mental illness standpoint, um, is it a game changer? I think it's really valuable, especially, you know, you have some, some folks like, addiction psychiatrists that we just don't have here you know that that those people can pipe in from out of state and it makes a huge difference because um you can get unbelievable access to care with just a small amount of that person's time so so i think it's a really nice step forward it has sure made it better for us when we're able to get a phone call in from, you know, father in rural Montana trying to find access to a psychiatrist or something for their daughter. And I can tell them there's a place for you to go. And just, I mean, five years ago, that place was you need to get in your car and drive for hours. (laughs) And then four hours back. Yeah, and and, um, that's not always a pleasant ride either. No, shoot. Uh, I remember when we took a bunch of folks from um, from uh, other states and drove, uh, you know, drove from Fort Belknap to Helena, and just to try to give them a feeling of what that's like to go there to the VA for healthcare, especially this t- time of year. You know, I think yeah. that the more we can keep people close to home, close to their work close to their family, the more likely that they're going to be able to engage in care and do better. Matt Kuntz is with us again. NAMI's Montana, that's National Alliance of Mental Health Illness for Montana. NAMI, uh, Montana's executive director. So what's the, um, uh, like, what's the holdup here? Is it just uh, getting the insurance companies to finally come around to the effectiveness of telehealth? Or, or why, why do we not have parity in, in payment for these services? I think this is more about locking it in so people can invest in that. You know, if you're a doctor, a couple of doctors looking to expand your practice, you don't want the insurance companies to pull the rug out from you in a few years. So that's what I think this is. And the nice thing is, is the insurance companies are on board. Yeah. Uh, they, they benefit from telehealth. Uh, as well. So, yeah, we're, we're really hoping to move this through the Senate Public Health co- Committee in the next few days. And that's where it's at right now. And uh, there was a, a note, NAMI's website. Do you have that? Uh, I'm sorry, I don't have it uh, right in front of me, um, Matt. Um, yeah, it, it is. Um, I'll look it up. It is Senate Bill 196. Oh, I've got that. Yeah, I'm looking at your website, though. Uh, I'm talking about your website. Oh, uh, yeah. I, yeah. I sent it out over email. Yes. Okay. Uh, we, we've got so many bills going on right now. And, you know, it's a really, really powerful time for mental health in Montana because, yeah. you know, all these legislators have heard it from home. You know, their county commissioners are saying this is a big deal for us. And that's what I'm interested in. What else is on your agenda here? Because, uh, yeah, I know um, uh, the governor, the attorney general, 
there, like you said, there's more and more people on board. Uh, we've had sort of an on-ramp uh, when it comes to understanding uh, mental health illness, especially over this uh, this pandemic. What else is on the agenda that you like? And then maybe look back at, uh, we don't have a ton of time, Matt, I'm sorry. Uh, maybe look back um, at the uh, uh, initiatives that were, uh, you know, two years old. And are, are they are they working? Are they good? Give us an analysis. Yeah. Yeah. So we we spent two years, you know, we we did an interim study of the legislature. That was so that was something that we asked for last session, and we said we need to change payment plans for mental health in Montana. Specifically, Medicaid hadn't been reimbursing for the amount that the services cost. So and with inflation and with everything else, the cost of living, these healthcare providers weren't able to provide care at below cost anymore. So it really hit Medicaid healthcare providers all around the state of Montana. And it's, it's a big deal. It's a huge critical need and we needed to find a way to better reimburse for that. So, so there is a bill, uh, HB 17, which is now being carried by Representative Ed Buttrey, and that will provide a better funding model for outpatient mental health and substance abuse care Mm. in Montana. And then we have another one, which was also built up over two years with Representative Jen Carlson, which is going to be to fund crisis care at a rate that matches the cost of that crisis care, because that's been the big lesson of the last five years for me is if we want services, we have to pay the amount that they cost. These organizations can't foot, foot that 10, 10% or 20% or 30, 30% reduction yeah. if we want those services available. Yeah, um, and especially crisis care. Uh, that's a big, big hole in the, in the state of Montana for that. Yeah, it's so essential. And that was, we, we heard from sheriffs, all over the place, you know, and when we decided to do the bill was we had heard about a sheriff's deputy bringing somebody from Bozeman all the way to Hamilton to find a crisis bed. Wow. And that meant, you know, that meant that the beds in Bozeman were shut down. There was nothing in Billings, nothing in Helena, nothing in Butte, nothing in Missoula. And then they stopped in Hamilton. So our whole system of crisis beds has shut down due to our reimbursement rates and some other issues, and we just have to tackle it. Wow, that's um, an interesting story, and it, it, it says an awful lot. Um, the uh, And I don't have enough time for this, but uh, can you just give us maybe 40 seconds on, on how fighting um, illicit drug use is, is important in this cause for mental health in Montana? think that illicit drug use is just horrendous for mental health and it creates a ton of issues for child abuse and everything and then you have to care for the mental health conditions afterwards and yeah just the better the better that we can do to set up treatment systems to provide the care that people need and also to supporting policing efforts to get the illicit drugs off the street. Matt, 
Thanks for the quick word here. I appreciate yep. that. And we'll have more time to talk, all right? Uh, okay. You know my door's open, buddy, okay? So- sounds great. Thank you so much. Yeah, Matt Koontz, the NAMI's executive director. Take care. Stay warm. You've been listening to Voices of Montana. Comments and opinions heard are those of the host or callers and not necessarily those of this station, sponsors, or Northern News Network. Join us Monday through Friday at 9.06 for Voices of Montana.